everybody, and welcome back to No Fate, a Terminator podcast. I'm your host, Michael John Petty, and with me is Tanner Radwick, and we're here today to talk about the last Terminator movie in our saga of movie reviews. And not the worst one, but pretty close. Pretty close, I'd say. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Tanner, we've been uh, we've been dreading this one a little bit. Well, the the saving grace is that this is the last one, and then we can move on to what we really want to talk about, which is the Sarah Connor Chronicles. That's true. Um, so you know, uh, the the silver lining there. Um, <laughs> we were talking about before we started recording. I I didn't make a whole lot of notes for this one. It sounds like maybe you didn't either, but. Man, watching this again, uh, this is only the second time I've watched it. I think same for you. Um, I don't know. Going through it, you know, it, it, I guess it, it just came across as really surface level kind of, I don't, I don't have much to add for this one. <laughs> what do you think on this watch through? Yeah, so on my second watch, yeah, because it's the second time I've seen it too. The first yeah. time we went together, you, yeah. me, and our wives, we went and I don't know. I I don't think I liked it any more or any less than I did the first time we watched it. It it just it doesn't try very hard, and it's not it's not like horrible, but it just feels like kind of like just enough to get by as being okay. Yeah, you know. Um, I think it's, it's not inspiring. Really, no, it's not. I think it's a really good example of a movie that is not a bad movie by itself necessarily, but in the context, the greater context of the franchise just doesn't work. Yeah. I think if it were a movie where, you know, a killer robot travels back in time to kill somebody who might kill it in the future and it wasn't labeled Terminator, like if the movie was just Dark Fate and there was no Terminator involvement at all, maybe it would have been more interesting. Maybe we would have liked it as more a, as a movie. Yeah, I mean, we would have looked at it as like, this is like a Terminator spinoff. Like, yeah. <laughs> or rather, a ripoff, but, <laughs> right, <laughs> but sure. it, it's kind of cool. It's like content that's not Terminator, and but also Terminator. No, we probably would have been pumped about it. Like, they should make more of these and explore this world. Yeah. Um, I also think what's... Hmm, it's hard because, you know, when Genesis failed, because Genesis failed critically and financially, Skydance and Paramount, they had to revive the franchise somehow because they held, they still held the rights. And they were like, what can we do? Let's make it more like the first two movies. And then they created this new continuity. And... They kind of do the Alien 3 thing where they just kind of shit on the rest of what came before. Yeah. Like the first two are significantly better. And then they do exactly what Alien 3 does. And they're like, well, let's throw all of that good out the window and start again with the same yep. thing. Yep. Let's just wipe it all out. And I don't think Alien 3 is a bad movie. Just like I don't think Dark Fate is necessarily a bad movie. I just, in the context of the franchise, it sucks. Funny thing about Alien 3 is, of course, it was directed by David Fincher, who is one of my favorite directors. And 
he says there is no Fincher cut for it because if he had the choice to redo it, he would redo the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's not happy about it at all. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I've seen it twice now. I don't feel like I have to watch it again. I'm kind of in the same boat on Genesis, if I'm honest, you know. Which I think is fair. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, outside of that, I think that I think the best thing that this has going for it, um, you know, aside from the fact that they kill off John Connor in the first, you know, part of the movie, the best thing that this one has going for it, um, you and I talked about a little bit, is is kind of the first, I don't know, what is it, the first twenty minutes, first thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah. Out outside of them just killing John Connor just right off the bat, I think everybody was upset about that, especially because they teased that Edward Furlong was in it as mm-hmm. well. Um, so that was a huge letdown. But outside of that, I mean, it, it's an engaging movie for the first part of it. I think Grace's character is is you know that's part that's kind of the the coolest part of it is her coming in and you kind of discovering what she is. Um, the bad guy's intimidating. Um, and that first fight scene is super well choreographed, and uh, yes. it, I don't know, it that part grips me. It, it kind of goes downhill, I think, right when Sarah Connor shows shows up. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, and you have this whole like background of this social commentary about machines replacing people in the workplace, and then you literally see a machine replace their father. Yeah, and it's just really clever. And For the brother, yeah. And there's like a lot of really clever little things that this movie does that don't pay off because they shoehorn Sarah Connor into the movie that she honestly had no business being in, to be honest. Yeah, as much, you know, everybody loves her, but I don't know that she added that much to this movie, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's kind of a marketing ploy, I think, the same way with what they did with Edward Furlong as well. Um, well, something I, too bad. I thought would have been more interesting and tell me if I'm wrong on this, but I think what would have been a lot more interesting is if instead of Sarah showing up, it's an older John who is about the same level of badass that Sarah Connor is in this movie, but maybe instead he's kind of, he doesn't really know who he is anymore because the apocalypse didn't happen. Judgment day didn't happen. And now all he does is hunt down old Terminators because maybe instead of him dying at the beginning, Sarah dies protecting him. And so he spends the rest of his life still training for this war that doesn't come only to find out that it does and that this girl is exactly who he was in Terminator 2. I think that would have been a much more interesting movie. It could. Then it's a question of who do they cast for that as well. Um, yeah, just bring Eddie back, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember who it was. Someone was talking about, you know, what if they brought Eddie back and just in the form that he is today in all of his glory yeah. and just pitch the idea of, um, you know, John Connor knowing that he had stopped Judgment Day, just stopped caring. Yeah. And, but then realized that it was too late and he wasn't the hero that he was supposed to be anymore. And that he finds out that someone has replaced him, Danny, and he's not the person he was supposed to be or destined to be. So then all he can do is support Danny at that point 
they could have had a cool redemption arc maybe with that too where he sacrifices mm-hmm. himself to save Danny to pass the torch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Could have been cool. I you think, know, I think it would have been a better movie. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's more interesting than just the same plot that we keep getting, which is, you know, this comes back to hunt this person. This comes back to protect this person. And that's the movie. <laughs> right. They keep giving us the same movie. Yeah. And, you know, the more I watch these, the more I appreciate salvation for being something different for yeah. once. I really agree. Now, here's where we're going to disagree, I think. Oh, boy. Here comes Carl. I like Carl. I actually yeah. like that edition. I think it's the best part of the movie. Yep. I'm not a fan of Carl. <laughs> why? Okay, but why? Why don't you like it? So I've always had a preconceived notion of what a Terminator would do if it killed its target. You sure. know what I mean? Um, a lot of the time I kind of pictured it. I think, gosh, I think one of the lines is even that it would it would have no reason to exist. I'm trying to remember which movie that was from. If I were to fail my mission, I would have no reason to exist or something like that. Was that in three? It could be three, yeah. Maybe three? I don't know. In any case, though, I mean... With that being said, it almost seems like it would just turn itself off. Like it wouldn't care. Yeah. It doesn't have desire, you would think. Yeah. Which is I picture fair. it standing stoic in a garage somewhere, like in the Sarah Connor Chronicles, where mm-hmm. it just turns off waiting for its next mission thing. Um, or I don't know. You know, even when I watched it in the movie theater and it kills John, I half expected it to just walk into the sea and <laughs> into the ocean because yeah. they're on the beach. So that's my preconceived notion of it, I guess. And then, I don't know. It, it also kind of ties into the, uh, the the special cut of Terminator 2 of whether it can learn on its own or not. Right. Or whether it has to have its chip switched off first. See, maybe you know? there's so, merit to that scene. Well, dark, but Dark Fate kind of suggests that it doesn't need to have its chip no, I, changed. No, I, I know, like that but scene. that means we yeah. could disregard Dark Fate as not being continuity, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or just disregard that scene, you know, since, uh, uh, you know, we're a house divided on that topic as well. <laughs> yeah, except we but, both like the Sarah Connor Chronicles more, and they use that scene often. <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine with it when they do it. That's fine. <laughs> they, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to remember it. They, they change, they change the chip for different reasons though, as well. That's true. I don't know. Well, you tell me. You, uh, why is it that Carl's appealing to you? I just think it's interesting, and I think, yeah, and I, I and I think because you know, in T three, we get this drill sergeant version of Arnold's Terminator and salvation. We get the just mindless machine, the same as we saw in the first movie. And in Genesis, we get this father figure that tries too hard to be a Marvel character. Yeah. And in this movie, he doesn't really try to be any of that. He just, it just, I don't know. It just works for me for some reason. I can't really put on put the nail on the head as to why it just does i and i also like this idea that you know even maybe a terminator could find redemption because like that's part of what terminator 2 is all about 
is this killing machine becomes good and learns to think on its own and blah, blah, blah. And again, it depends on the cut you watch and the scene that is included or excluded. But, um, but playing off of that idea, I think this movie is kind of a natural progression in some way of that arc. And I, I don't know. I like it. I don't hate it. Yeah. I, I mean, the whole movie is trying to copy too, essentially, which yeah. um, they did with this as well, where both Terminators end up in the same pit yeah. and both of them are saying goodbye in their own way. So, you know, it's, it's the whole thing is a spin on too, and it's annoying. <laughs> also, how, um, how dumb is it? This Legion idea, dude, that, that it's not even dumb that they have, you know, so okay, I'll, I'll accept that. You know, we're just kind of destined to go in this direction where machines take over, but they're still called Terminators no matter what. And not <laughs> only that, there's still HKs no matter what. They they say HK in the future. Watch out, there's HKs. <laughs> like not a, they named two of them the same thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, the Legion it's one idea... of those things where they just they just want you to switch your brain off and accept it. Yeah, they do. The Legion idea kind of reminds me of the John Henry plotline in the Sarah Connor Chronicles, that like there's always going hmm. to be one. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's different because John, that's a whole different arc, and we'll get into that when we actually talk about that show. But um, it just kind of reminded me of this idea that no, AI is always where we're going because that's where we're going. You know. Yeah, it's inevitable. Which, again, brings us back to the topic of these movies try to act like there's no fate, but also there's a ton of fate. <laughs> it's a dark so. fate. Oh. oh. Yeah. We should have called this um, podcast Dark Fate, a Terminator podcast. Yeah. Well, this is a dark episode, let me tell you. <laughs> Danny is fine. I don't hate Danny. I don't love Danny. I don't really feel like there's a lot that sparks confidence in her leadership ability, but there are some things that I'm like, oh, there's maybe potential there. Danny's okay. She's just, she's not inspiring. It, and there's no, it, the, I think one of the weakest parts for me is that she doesn't really ever have a refusal of the call moment like yes. every hero is supposed to have. Yes. And that helps you connect with the character because you're supposed to put yourself in their shoes and feel like I, I wouldn't want this burden either. But she's just kind of like goes with the flow through the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> so that part's tough. And I and I do like Grace. I, I don't think she's bad either. She's fine. I like I like Grace. And I like the idea of Grace too. I think it's I actually like the idea of an enhanced human, especially yeah. with the idea that they're they can only be really intense for a bit and then they have this huge vulnerability yes, after that. I like that a lot. That part makes it super interesting. Yes. Because you don't want it to be too overpowered or, like, have too much confidence in it. You want that, you know, that it adds that tension of, like, oh, crap. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> like in the original so Ben 10 where he'd transform into an alien, but then it would start counting down to him turning back into a human. And you knew, oh, crap, he's not done fighting this thing. He's got to get out of there. It, it kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> Or when Patrick Swayze goes into Whoopi Goldberg and then he's really weak when he comes out. Yes, and goes. <laughs> yes, true. Uh, it's that, uh, but that's just frustrating. <laughs> that it, that <laughs> yeah. Especially because you're crying by the end of it. I will say I do like the Rev-9. I think it's a really cool Terminator model. I think it's really scary. 
I think it's a natural progression from the T1000 more so than the TX or the T5000 or anything else we've seen before. I think it makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, it makes for really great fight scenes. It does. Yeah, they can be pretty creative with that one. Um, And they do a pretty good job of making that one feel a lot like robert patrick's t1000 yeah which i think is a good thing because i think that's the strongest version of what a terminator is supposed to be outside of arnold's terminator like we've talked about in the past yeah gabriel Um, does a great job yeah it's pretty good he has the humanity there and also the creepiness there Mm -hmm. to like ride that line that you're supposed to the one line that i wrote down that stuck with me and it stuck with me from the first time I watched it, and it got me again on this part, uh, just because it's so brutal. And, like, I don't know, it does something to my chest when I hear it. But <laughs> when the Rev 9 is split into two on the highway, and they're like closing in on Grace before Sarah Connor shows up, and Grace tells Danny, when they start to kill me, run. Ooh. Just the wording of that. When they try to kill me, no. When they, when they, when we start to fight, no. When they start to kill me, she's accepted that she's about to die, and this is the bridge she's going to die on, literally. <laughs> um, just willing to sacrifice herself. That line, I just love that line, and that yeah. stuck with me, so I had to write it down. No, that's a good one. Uh, that whole scene is so brutal too, with Diego, her brother, getting like blown away, and uh it's good. It is well, good. Well, it it um it reminded me a lot of the first Terminator as well as Terminator 2 when the savior comes to essentially first engage with the bad guy. Um especially with Grace going around with she has like this long coat covering this shotgun like Kyle Reese has mm-hmm. as she's coming up. And of course both in T1 and T2 they just like go through a full magazine of the uh of the shotgun knocking the bad guy down that whole deal. It's just fun having it end up that same way. Yeah. Um you know. Um but again, you know that's the beginning of this movie and I think that's the strongest part and then everything else is just the whole EMP thing, the helicopters, the planes. I don't know. It just loses me, you know? <laughs> the planes are a lot. I really like the crossing the border sequence, and then when they're escaping from there, I like that a lot. But then when it gets to, like, this aerial combat, that's a lot for me. That's when I'm like, all right, yeah. this is like a Fast and the Furious movie now. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Well, and then even, like, uh, be, uh, tra- trapped in the Humvee with the dam and all of that. I don't remember which one it was. It's one of those like cartoon parody things of like what should have happened that was on YouTube. But it was like all the Rev 9 had to do was just let them sit in that Humvee until they drowned. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason they got out is because it attacked the Humvee and they used the parachute. Yep. But I don't know. You're supposed to switch your brain off. So it's fine. Whatever. Just like the machines. Ooh. Ooh. And. You know, we say the beginning of this is the strongest part of the movie. I do want to say when they recreated young John Connor, young Arnold, and young Linda Hamilton at the beginning, they did a really good job. They did. And for some reason, that part looks so much better than some of the parts where the Rev-9 splits in two. Yeah. And there's like a computer-generated Rev-9 lookalike person. Yeah. Uh, Some of those look really bad. Yeah. 
I agree. But but those look like the beginning where they're they're teeth two younger selves. They Super look good. really good. Super good. I was blown away when I saw it for the first time in the theater. And then so was John. Oh, you went there. I did. Don't like that. Ultimately, that's what kills this movie, I think, for a lot of reasons. But I think you alienate the majority of your audience when you show that. Oh, yeah. You know? And Mackenzie Davis, who plays Grace in the movie, said something after the movie was released and all the reviews came in and the box office numbers and all that. And she was like, yeah, she goes, the problem was, is there wasn't really a demand for the movie. And when you don't have a demand for a movie, like it's not going to do well because there was no demand for it in the first place. And I've thought about that. And and that's not an exact quote. That's an abbreviation of what she said, but yeah. um, And then, you know, you have Linda Hamilton going on a record saying that she knew from the moment she read the script that fans were going to be pissed that John was killed so quickly. And they knew all that going into this movie and yet they still made it and they still spent so much money making it. And here we are. And I just, and they wonder well, what happened. Well, you know what happened? You knew what happened yeah. from the moment you made the movie. Yeah. Like people were not going to be on board with you killing John Connor immediately getting rid of, all you fought for in the best Terminator movie, the best action movie of all time. And then saying, Oh, well, we're just going to give it to this per- random person because the future is set actually. Yeah. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. When you, when you say it like that, it seems so obvious. It just makes you wonder how did they arrive at this? Yeah. Cause any Terminator fan would agree with that. And it's like, were there just no Terminator fans working on this? Like, right. <laughs> what well, and, are we doing? Here? And that's the thing that blows my mind is that James Cameron worked closer on this movie than he did any sequel after T2. And he was yeah. like, yeah, do it. Like he's a producer on this movie. And yeah. I, I just don't understand. It just doesn't it's make so sense odd. to me. Well, I had, I had heard too, that he had like some ideas for a Terminator movie that he wanted to be in a movie. And like one of them was the Humvee underwater scene and stuff like that. And it was like, he gave out like a lot of these were his ideas supposedly on like what he wanted to happen. in a in Yeah. One like, of these. like the action so, sequences. Yeah. So they kind of what they wrote a movie around the action sequences. James Cameron wanted to make that he didn't get to make for a Terminator movie. Like with a T know. with a T2 format. Right. <laughs> Cause that was the easiest and laziest way to do this. It just, it seems like a waste and it doesn't seem like it lives up to Tim Miller's potential. Tim Miller, the director who also did the Deadpool movies. Right. Yeah. It feels really out of place. It's like, it's, it's in place in a lot of ways just because it's such a regurgitation of everything else that we've had, but it's also out of place in the sense that it's trying to push us in this different direction that we don't even really want to go. <laughs> yeah. It feels more like a graphic novel that I read from dark horse comics than it does an actual movie. I went to go see. Yeah. And that's weird. That's really weird, but that's showbiz. That's showbiz. You know what else is showbiz is when they get stuff wrong with guns that, you know, that I drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> 
and they have Danny shooting stuff to practice and her sights are not up on her rifle at all so she's not looking at anything on her shotgun (laughs) yep but that's neither here nor there I'm supposed to turn my brain off for this movie I forgot sorry But I don't know. That's that's about all I have to say about Terminator Dark Fate. It's also, I think, the only one that doesn't have any like strict Christian symbolism, which is probably a contributing factor as to why it sucks. <laughs> There's probably something in there, and I just don't know what it is. But I don't know what it is, and that makes me wonder. Legion, I guess. Legion is a reference to the demon Legion from the Gospels, but I think they kill us. We get. They kill off Jesus, I guess, in the beginning. Yeah. I, I don't Well, um, there's someone named Grace in it. <laughs> I guess that's true. Grace saves. Yep. There's very vague references. Legion, I guess, is the most overt one. I guess I'm an idiot, and I just forgot. But this movie kind of makes you forget. It wants you to forget because it's like there's nothing else but dark fate. Yep. Well, you know what this means, don't you? Yes, I do. If we, uh, by closing this out, that means that our next episode should be, unless we think of anything different, which we probably won't because we're both dying to get to it, (laughs) should be on the Sarah Connor Chronicles, which you also mentioned is on Hulu now, right? It is, yes. So that's good news for our listeners as well, because it used to be kind of hard to to find this or watch this, I think. Um, You know, a lot of our listeners have probably already watched it. But if not, hop on Hulu and watch along with us or watch ahead and we'll get caught up to you. So that's exciting. It is exciting. The Sarah Connor Chronicles pilot is one of my favorite pilots. It's very good. It's it throws you right into the world. And I'm really psyched to talk about it. Because, I, I don't know, Sarah Connor Chronicles is one of my top ten favorite shows. It has been since I first watched it, and I just can't get enough of it. And just being able to watch it again and talk about it with you is really exciting. And that's honestly why we started this podcast in the first place. The only reason we decided to talk about the movies first was because we wanted context. Uh, we yep. wanted to give you guys context. And honestly, it's fun. It's fun to talk about some of these movies. But then you get to Genesis and Dark Fate, and it's a little less fun. And that's really too bad for us. And, <laughs> you know, more bad for you. Because <laughs> you have yeah. to sit here and listen yeah. to us complain. But, yeah. But there's good. No, there's still good things. There's still good things about Dark Fate. It's just not not up there. You know, it, it might be a little bit better than Genesis, but it's not. it's not even close to what T2 and even the first film have to offer yeah but no it does get close terminator the sarah connor chronicles and we're getting there next so good can't wait yeah well i think that's about it for this week's episode guys you can find us on our website nofatepodcast.com you can also find us on twitter at nofatepod that is nofatepod and uh we're on some terminator sarah connor chronicles facebook groups also You can probably find us around there slumming around every now and then. So we definitely look forward to connecting with you guys. Definitely reach out to us if you have any thoughts or feelings on Terminator Dark Fate or the Sarah Connor Chronicles as we start start going through the show. We're excited to hear your guys' thoughts and respond to them best we can. So I guess that's about it. And until next time, 
Just remember, you are the resistance. See you guys later. I'm not.